Hello, everybody, and welcome to El Tropico Radio, episode three. Mike and I discuss the LA Galaxy roster decisions that were made. I mean, this is a super fun episode. Me and him dive into our big surprises, biggest takeaways. I mean, our overall thoughts on the roster. I mean, this is going to be such an important offseason for the LA Galaxy, for Greg Vanny. So enjoy this discussion that we have, talking about our expectations for him, for the club, and for how the roster should look by the time the 2024 season rolls around. Thanks for listening, and buckle up on your ride on this side of the Blue, White, and Gold Highway. You are listening to El Trafico Radio. And now we're back for episode number three of El Trafico Radio. Alex Ruiz here. I got Mike Gray with me. Mike, let's start off, man. How was your weekend? Anything interesting you do? Oh, I had an amazing weekend, Alex. I went to the blue, wet, and gold uh, pickup or pe- blue, wet, and gold pop up on uh, Saturday. Uh, it was nice seeing the Galaxy community, all the vendors out there, one, two threads, all the supporters groups, uh, LA Riot Squad, ACB, Galaxy Outlaws, just Galaxians. Really fun time. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, Alex, we were just talking about it a minute ago. You know, um, as journalists, sometimes we show up to these events and it's just it's just a vibe. Everyone's having such a good time and you almost want to put your phone down for five seconds and just join in, you know. Um, <laughs> I had a funny story. Uh, you know, sad girl sisters, they're the ones who serve up those delicious sweets and the candies and, you know, uh, they had these churro cheesecake bites, which I've been looking to buy for forever. My, my mouth's watering just thinking about them right now. And I'm sitting there and I'll, I'm not going to narc them out, but there was a member of the L.A. Riot Squad who I was asking him, I'm like, you know, I should buy them right now. And then he's like, nah, dude, I'm telling you, there's like. Like, if you look at the table, there's one. But if you look below the table, there's, like, a whole bunch of them. So just, you know, just wait till the end. You'll be good. And so uh, half hour later, uh, I go to leave. I go to buy some, and they're all sold out. So <laughs> months yeah. months of planning down the drain. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that, that I'll tell you something about the uh, Galaxy community and the event because right next to them, one, two threads, they only last like maybe two hours tops and then all their stuff's uh, gone. I mean, I, I took a great photo where, uh, you know, you see the booth and it's just, it's just cleaned out, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's great to see everyone just have a beer. I ended up people watching. Uh, I had a great time, Alex. And you know what? We haven't even gotten to the uh, Coachella Valley Invitational, man. I yeah, mean, exactly. That was the next thing I was going to bring up. Um, You know, obviously the guys community doing their thing. I think th- this isn't the first time they're doing this. So, you know, this has kind of been a recurring thing, uh, the blue, white, and gold pop-up. But another recurring thing now is uh, the Coachella Valley Invitational, which is going to be hosted in February. I mean, uh, it was it's nice to go out there at that time of year. Um, I think it was definitely really nice uh, last year. Um, sure, you're sitting in bleachers for the whole time, like right under the sun. But nonetheless, it's a nice, intimate experience. Uh, this year, they're going to have uh, the LA Galaxy there. Um, and various other teams as well. But uh, Mike, I guess for people who, you know, may be on the fence of whether to go or not this year or, you know, curious about the event in general, I mean, what are some things you you tell people? Because, um, you know, this is kind of what the Galaxy is marketing as their big preseason, you know, I guess, you know, tour in the desert per se. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're a hardcore fan, if, you, if you're always, if you want to see the squad, squad in preseason, uh, you know, I had a video on my Instagram from last year. Uh, 
you you really have to show up there. It's such a visceral thing where you know you have the the sun shining. You've got these perfectly manufactured fields. If if you're a sports geek, you love just walking on like perfectly manufactured fields. It's, I mean, they're polo fields for Christ's sakes. But yeah, um, I mean, I'll tell you what. We're super excited. Uh, within like a half hour of the announcement, uh, me, Alex, and the rest of the boys were in the group chat trying to already figure out how to rent a place. Alex, if you're gonna hang out with us, man. If you're gonna party with us, just one piece of advice: leave your shoes on. Because if you take them off, oh no, no, take your shoes off. Other way around. Sorry, I was about to give you the worst advice in the world. Take your shoes off because if you pass out and you leave them on, you're opening yourself up to a world of hurt, man. I'm just, I'm just looking out for you. That's all. But no, no, just <laughs> joking aside. Uh, man, it's it, it's almost like preseason uh, spring training for for baseball, if that's the equivalent. And uh, the events in its third year, it's getting more exciting every year. And, you know, from talking to Tom Braun, um, president of soccer, excuse me, business operations uh, for the club, uh, they're looking to just expand it. They're looking to add installations, maybe even like a show or two. And they're, they're really looking to corral the outside community. And, you know, because you show up to these things and, and you know, there's there's fans from across the country who show up. And it, it's actually a lot of fun. It's this, it's this growing event. And, yeah, uh, if you're a Galaxy fan or an LAFC fan or an Austin FC fan and you got nothing to do, come on down, man. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, it's definitely an event that is going to grow over time. Um, I think it would be wise if you're planning out this event to add more things to it, like maybe, you know, more food options, music options, other entertainment, you know, things like that to really make it a much grander experience. You know, last year, not saying that it was boring or dull, but I mean, it was mostly just the soccer and that was it. So, you know, take advantage of the location of the weather of the people there and you can really make this a special event. I mean, it's it's all about decisions uh, for what's going to come up in Coachella. And speaking of decisions, the LA Galaxy announced their decisions for the roster following the conclusion of the 2023 uh, MLS season. The LA Galaxy declined the options for goalkeeper Jonathan Klinsman, who's been with the club since 2020, uh, defender Tony Alfaro, who's acquired via trade earlier this year, and Kelvin Lerdam, who signed in 2022. Uh, midfielder Uri Russell, who signed uh, last offseason, and forward Billy Sharp, who signed this summer. Um, they declined his options, so those players will not be coming back to the LA Galaxy. One notable player not coming back as well is Lucas Caligari, the right back. His option to buy on his loan was not picked up, so the Brazilian will be going back to Fluminense in Brazil. For players that did get their options picked up, Daniel Laguira, who has been with the club for some time, you know, was with Galaxy 2 and then, you know, kind of did the whole thing of moving up the ladder now with the first team. Gino Vivi, who was the club's uh, super draft pick this past year, he will stay again with the LA Galaxy. Preston Judd, kind of similar to Aguirre, uh, a draft pick who's worked his way up from Galaxy 2 to the first team. So they will be back for 2024. Another player who will be back is Novak Mikicevic, the goalkeeper. He was bought um, from the club in Serbia that he's from. Um, you know, he only played four games in you know total for the LA Galaxy this season, but very young. Comes from the same club that uh, Georgi Petrovic developed, who is now Chelsea. Um, and now following these decisions, and aside from you know Douglas Costa and Chicharito leaving, um, which we've known about for you know a couple of weeks now. The current roster is this. Two goalkeepers, Jonathan Mon, Novak Michovic, nine defenders, Julian Aude, Martin Cáceres, who, according to Josh Gessman from Corner of the Galaxy, signed a contract at the start of the 2023 campaign. So he will return, uh, the Uruguayan defender who suffered an injury and missed basically the entire 
second half of the season. Mauricio Cuevas returns. Uh, Raheem Edwards, Marcus Rekranis, Chris Pavinga, Jay Linio, Mayo Ishida, and Eric Zavaleta are the defenders that are on the roster. Midfielders now are Daniel Laguire, Gaston Brugman, Edwin Cerillo, who I think, you know, Manny a while ago mentioned this was a player that they were going to extend, and it looks like they they did um, after acquiring him from Dallas earlier in the season. Mark Delgado, Diego Fagundes, Jonathan Perez, Ricky Puj, and Gino Vivi. Um, and then the two forwards now on the roster, Daniel Village and Preston Judd. Mike, it's obviously been a couple of days since this news dropped. What's your biggest takeaway from, you know, their their moves that they made, the decisions that were made? What is the one thing that stood out the most to you? I like them. Uh, there was uh, almost a ruthless uh, efficiency to how uh, options were picked up and declined. Daniel Aguirre and uh, Gino Vivi were both, uh, they're both valuable depth pieces who also have room to grow on the side. Uh, Preston Judd. He offers you something different uh, up front uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, obviously we'll talk about another, but Daniel Ovalich, uh, Novak Mikovic, uh, another player who is a mild surprise. We'll maybe talk about that a little later, but um, what they all have in common is they can all contribute to the team and none of them are overpaid. In fact, you might argue a few are a, a bit of a bargain, uh, but yeah, let's, let's talk about uh, the players who were declined because again, what they all have in common is uh, I look at these names and let's just go down the list. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, 200 K. Uh, that's too much for someone who's going to be a third string keeper. Yeah, John Klinsmann. Uh, oh, did I? What did I say? Ron, Jürgen, Ron Klinsman. Jürgen. Uh, well, you know, it happens. Uh, <laughs> now uh, you look at Tony O'Faro, um, 120K, not not that bad, right? But uh, this is a player who wasn't up to par for NYCFC, and you could tell just by how many minutes he was getting that he was going to be down on the depth chart. Uh, Kevin Leardom, 300K, uh, not a starter. Yuri Roselle, uh even if you take into account that Sporting Kansas City paid the vast majority of his 500k salary, uh, obviously he had an option, and options never go down; they only go up. So that makes sense. And uh, Billy Sharp, another person who, if you look at his salary at first glance, 240k. Uh, if you do that by a per game basis, it actually comes out to an even 20. He was being he's be, being paid twenty thousand dollars a game. So if you uh, extend that to a full season, it comes out to just under seven hundred thousand. So it makes sense at that point that you don't want to tie in a thirty-seven-year-old striker to that type of salary, considering the fact that you've got two center backs who are making almost a million dollars. We'll talk about that later. And uh, Caligari, uh, big blow to the fan base, um, but you know where hearts were maybe destroyed, minds word bit different uh six to nine months for an acl uh tears the usual amount of time uh add to that you need usually a few months before you're at match fitness he wasn't going to be available till summer uh if you're being optimistic and at that point uh why are you paying a two million dollar loan auction hopefully hopefully there's a scenario where Perhaps he starts to get back into fitness. Maybe uh, Fluminense takes a hard look at their books and says, hey, maybe we can loan this guy out again. Maybe we can renegotiate. Uh, that's probably the best case scenario for the Galaxy. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this has uh, the influence of Will Kuntz all over it. Uh, and it does give you optimism uh, because there's continuity. The summer was good. Uh, these opening moves are good. It's all leading up to uh, the winter and those DP signings, don't you think? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, this roster has a, a decent, you know, skeleton for now, decent spine. I mean, you have Jonathan Bond, who's been the starter for, you know, a couple of years now. And also now you have Novak Mitrovic, young, up-and-coming guy. So, I mean, you can interchange between them. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Jonathan Bond didn't have a great 2023 season. So, who knows what will happen in that position. You still have a majority of your key defenders and, you know, Julian Alde, uh, who's the future of the left-back position. Raheem Edwards, you have, still have Martin Cáceres, surprisingly. I mean, I wasn't expecting to hear that, that he was going to come back at all. Uh, you still have uh, my Yoshida, a guy who's, you know, veteran, you know, basically almost the same profile as Caceres, um, Jalen Neal, um, Marcus Rekranis, both young guys who, you know, won't really take a bunch out of the salary, uh, you know, and then Chris Mavinga and Eric Zavaleta, veterans who've been around, have lots of experience. Um, they're set there. I mean, all they need to do now is just find a replacement for Caligari. I mean, the only right back now is uh, Mauricio Cuevas. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see L.A. find a right back pretty quickly. I mean, they were all anticipating Julian Araujo departing. And, you know, knowing that the scouting department, they definitely have a list of names that, you know, could fit the mold. I mean, Caligari was obviously top of their list. That's the guy that they want to go out and acquire. Very unfortunate situation, um, let's be honest. I mean, you know, I know for a fact, I'm pretty sure that if Caligari never got hurt, uh, he'd be back. I mean, the guy just balled out. 100%. But, but, I mean, you can't take the risk considering the pressure there is for this upcoming year to be successful for you to be missing your starting right back. And, you know, for like at least half the season and not knowing if he's going to be back at that same level um, that he showed before. I mean, obviously an ACL injury is massive um, and you don't know if he's going to be the same player. So, I mean, it's a smart move. It's a harsh move, but it's the needed move that the LA galaxy kind of need to do in order to elevate themselves into, you know, MLS playoff contention, right? I mean, they didn't make it last year. The bare minimum now is just make the playoffs. And letting go of Caligari is a step in that direction, despite it being harsh. Um, moving on, you know, obviously the midfield, you still have Brugman, Cerillo, Delgado, um, Ricky Puj, Fagundes. I mean, those guys are going to be starters and play a lot of the minutes. Um, Daniel Aguirre and, and uh, Gino Vivi, uh, Johnny Perez. I mean, those guys are, are great depth to have out wide and in the middle of the pitch. So, I mean, and, and, you know, aside from Fugundes, they relatively don't really cost too much. Um, and then the forwards, I mean, Dayan Jovalich, Preston Judd. My one big takeaway is that looking at those forwards, I mean, LA is just primed to sign a DP striker. I mean, everything is just written on the wall that they're going to go out. They're going to acquire a, a big name, a proven player, uh, a guy who can follow up Zlatan and Chicharito's legacy. I think that's the one thing that we definitely stands out when you look at the roster decisions. Letting go of Billy Sharp was the smart move to make. I mean, he's going to be 38. Uh, you already have, what, like three strikers on this team for a coach who plays with one striker a majority of the time. Preston Judd's is a good low-risk, uh, you know, move. Doesn't make too much money. And I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's like a hidden gem or super talented, but, I mean, even in the limited amount of minutes he produced, was he effective? Not really. But, I mean, hey, he did something. You keep him around for a bit longer. Dan Jovalich, obviously, we know he's a talented guy. Didn't show it in 2023. But you still want to keep a guy of that caliber around. Um, so I think LA's primed to sign a, a DP forward looking at, at these moves. I mean, obviously, they, they have two designated player spots open this year. But, I mean, everything is just set up perfectly for a DP striker to come in. You have your defense mostly set. Your midfielder set. All you need is just that final piece. I'm pretty sure you can see that as well when you look at this roster now, Mike. Yeah, I mean, uh, with the two DPs, it's actually pretty predictable what they needed to do. They needed a playmaking winger, and they needed just a ruthless elite number nine striker. 
that's where the debate begins, Alex, because for a decade, we've been used to these Galactico signings and even uh, Javi Chicharito Hernandez's latest Galactico signing. Uh, perhaps Douglas Costa might be the last example of that, a dude who, you know, let's just face it, the name was the first thing they thought of, and then it became, okay, how do we fit this dude into the system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do they go for a Danny Buonga type player, a player who would be elite in this league? It's just a matter of, well, maybe he's not the biggest name, but then maybe the team's the name. Uh, but it's important, dude. I mean, uh, 80% of whether they're successful next year is whether or not they land those two D speed whether they land those two DP signings or whether or not they nail them. And then, uh, you know, this is kind of a smaller point, but Douglas Costa turned it on at the end of the season, seven goals, three assists, and a little over 1,100 minutes. You got to replicate that production. And then also uh, Tyler Boyd's situation's up in the air. I do believe he's going to come back. Um, that's just my gut. I'm not basing that on any knowledge. But he deserve, he, he's earned the right to play hardball this winter. And so... Uh, that's going to be up in the air until we figure out what's going on. Alex, you know, I do, uh, but I do think they got to get both pieces right. Uh, I don't know this is, that this team has a ton of depth on the wings and uh, they struggled all year long with just verticality and pace. And I don't think that these problems are going to go away. In fact, like I said before, uh, the thing with Costa is you're, you know, you're supposed to be glad this guy's gone at the end of the year, but he actually produced for the second half of the season. So you're going to have to reproduce that production just to get where you are. And, uh, you know, not to sort of segue into the next topic because we're talking about how crucial this is, but Alex, the Galaxy have traditionally, at least the past couple of years, gotten off to slow starts, man. They can't have another situation where they spend half the year building the team, the other half just a race against time to earn points and results. I mean, uh, you know, Mikovic, uh, he's a talented, he's a talented young keeper. The, the staff obviously has enough faith in him that you know two leagues cup games and then the two last regular season games after the the playoffs but that's the situation they put themselves in uh they couldn't they spent the first half of the year struggling and then the second half of the year chasing results so how are you supposed to integrate a new keeper into that but it you know it's again it's fascinating because any other position on the field where you had a player who they got a trigger option for a loan that's seven figures, and then they play just a few appearances. Like imagine like a forward or striker or like a midfielder doing that. You you wouldn't sign them, right? You just all right, we got use of them. Let's just ship them back. So they obviously have a lot of faith in this kid. I think that uh, the fact that he can play the ball on the ground uh, might give him a bit of an edge over Bond. Uh, at some point this season, Alex, I'm a little worried that there's a few pieces that might become trade bait if Mikovic balls out i mean that's that's a little premature that's that's premature on my part but you know what isn't even premature chris mavinga he's 100 percent got to be trade bait at this point because uh casaras and yoshida those are very expensive pieces unless you have a situation where the galaxy are probably willing to pay a portion of their salary i don't think you can move either one of those two i yeah, think exactly. that those i mean the galaxy got themselves in a situation here where they're spending a bunch on their defense now i mean Caceres and Yoshida combined made over at least 1.2 million last year. So if you're assuming the numbers are are somewhat similar, I mean, you want to be paying that much money for center backs who are over the age of 35. I don't think that's a wise move. Um, you're gonna look, have to be desperate. It, yeah, it it is. And then look, obviously they they're gonna want to invest in the back line, considering you know they allowed so many goals last year. Um, but a key part of that, you know, was we didn't have enough guys around long enough to build a chemistry. We couldn't build anything strong. 
And now, you know, you've got like four center backs that are capable of, of starting games now. I mean, I don't know if this changes any tactical philosophy. I mean, for me, I've always spoken about starting in the back three, like going an entire game playing like that and, you know, utilizing wing backs. Maybe this is the time to do it. I mean, look, center backs like Caceres and, and Yoshida don't come around often. Guys who have tons of experience in Europe that have played in, in big international games that understand these high pressure moments. I mean, look, at the same time, you want to take advantage of that, but you also got to be considerate of, hey, can we be spending this kind of money? Can we have this much on the salary cap? Given that the situation with Tyler Boyd right now going on, where they're negotiating, trying to find the right number. When you're in the salary cap league, uh, what they're doing with Casares and, and Yoshida both being there is kind of limit, limiting the amount of space there is to sign guys like Boyd. And, you know, obviously Diego Faguna is another player who's getting a, a good bag. Um, around a million dollars. I mean, he didn't look too, too convincing last year. So you're hoping he takes that bump. But I mean, the Galaxy, they if they want to get more salary cap, they're going to have to sort out their defense and sort out players that need to go, need to stay. I mean, I'm with you. I think Chris Mavinga is a player you kind of have to move on from. Um, Just didn't look like it last year. His prime is, is past. And, you know, obviously we, we saw a couple of errors he made. But I mean... I, I have a feeling they're going to be active and trade one of their center backs or do something, buy someone out, because I feel that's a little bit too much money to be putting in that sole position. Alex, I got a hot take. Go for it. Three, four, one, two formation. Three center backs. I think Ricky Pooj would thrive being uh, in that role ahead of the uh, two who could play as a pivot. And, you know, for me... The one thing Vanny has to do is he has to diversify the attack. By that, I mean, we got to have at least one more formation other than the 4-3-3. And also, he's got to figure out the rest defense because the rest defense has been terrible. And you know what? That's been going back to his Toronto days. But I think the difference was he had such elite talent in Toronto. And uh, it was just a little different. And he managed to uh, have all that success. But, I mean... You know, we're talking about how to get three center backs on the field, how to get Ricky Pooch being successful. I mean, it's it's a start, right? You got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And look, I got an article coming out about Greg Vanny talking about how this is going to be 2024 is going to be the most important year of his managerial career and for the LA Galaxy, which you guys should, you know, be on the lookout in your inboxes soon. Um, look, Greg Vanny has to get it right. He has to get this team, this roster well constructed because this is his last chance with the LA Galaxy. Let's be straight up like this is it. You know, two years not making the playoffs out of the last three seasons, that's that's not acceptable. The fan base now is very much divided on Greg Vanny. You know, a year ago, we, we're not talking about that. We were all like, okay, this guy's got a clear vision. This guy's got a plan. After this year, you know, all Galaxy fans that I see online, they want to be back uh, in contention for MLS Cup. They want to be an elite club again. And four years for a manager, that's enough time. And Greg Vanny is going to have that time. You can add that to the list of reasons why it's so important to get the two DP signings right. Exactly. It's important that it's important that they just get it right. There can't be this gap between uh, like theory and reality. We can't have them sign one DP and then, well, we're going to sign one during the summer because we couldn't find anyone because we're not good enough. You know, that's going to be a reflection on the front office, which I like that finally there's a separation between the two so we know who to blame when things go wrong. So they have to get those two DP signings right. There cannot be excuses about, uh, you know, um, it's hard. It's hard to find players during winter and it's easier during summer. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. And 
if this team wants to be elite, it cannot deal with excuses anymore. It cannot be a team where the second one player drops out, then all of a sudden the uh, attack isn't efficient enough to be effective. These excuses got to go this year, Alex. Yeah, I mean, look, you're the LA Galaxy. You're the most recognizable club in North America. I mean, if you're a European player, you're definitely going to think about joining the LA Galaxy this winter rather than the Colorado Rapids this winter, right? Like, let's be honest. They have that pool. And, you know, sure, obviously, the the club has definitely tanked in the last 10 years, um, but they still have that value and that pedigree across the pond. So I think this winter is a perfect time to get players. I mean, I don't think there's really much uh, excuses. I mean, obviously the Euros, if you're going to get a big name player, is going to definitely, you know, and Copa America as well, is definitely going to be something that a lot of players have in the back of their mind. They want to play there. They want to be in those competitions. So I can understand why it could be a little bit harder. But nonetheless, I mean, you've you've got the... You've known for months now that you're going to have two DP spots. I mean, I'm sure they're making calls and, you know, they're looking at their scouting list. I mean, the the last couple of transfers over the last year and a half since Michael Stevens became director of scouting have, have been, you know, on the money most of the time. So, I mean, I'm confident this club can find somebody, but it's just about putting it together and, you know, not looking at this team on paper, but rather results, which we know in the Greg Vanny era, this team has been very inconsistent in getting results consistently, especially when it comes to wins. Uh, but yeah, I mean, nonetheless, Mike, I mean, uh, we, we, I guess talked about it earlier, but I mean, any other positions that you think LA is going to spend big, do you think they might, uh, spend more on the midfield part of the pitch? Obviously they, they have some wingers to, to add, but do you feel like they're going to add any more pieces? Uh, I think they have the creativity settled. I think they've spent too much money on the defense. I think they're just stick with what they have. Uh, I like the Mikovic move because, uh, if he performs and all of a sudden he becomes the clear cut starter, uh, which at this point, why wouldn't you be doing that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know about Bond. Uh, he, <clears throat> he he's in LA. Yes, he he's a fan favorite, but uh, all the underlying stats and if you talk to people around the league, he's considered to be an average keeper. And so, if they can figure out a way to, I don't know what his salary is. But, uh, I believe he's one of the more expensive keepers in the league. Might like be in the three hundred k. Oh, three hundred around that that margin. Yeah, 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 three hundred. Uh, it was either yeah. three or five, but yeah. yeah, um, that that's money that you if you if they manage to sign someone else on the cheap, perhaps. But uh, you're right, Alex. One of the uh, one of the more nuanced issues of this offseason is that the books don't still aren't exactly clean and um who knows maybe they use the buyout on somebody um perhaps uh i mean it's there you got to take advantage of it right so i mean it's time i mean if you were ruthless with caligari might as well be ruthless in your philosophy when it comes to opening up cast space so i mean right like make it make sense make the correlations make sense um you know obviously mike will have an episode later on uh, about our way to early 2024 predictions where we can say some crazy things and have people, you know, look back at us like, you know, crazy people or like actual geniuses. So you never know. So you can save your goalkeeper predictions for that. Um, looking at the just current base of the team, like I talked about earlier, right? You know, John the Bond being starter, Alde, Yoshida, Neil, um, Caceres, Brugman, uh, Delgado, Ricky Puj, Dejan Jovalic. Just that base alone, do you think it's strong enough to, you know, I mean, obviously we're way too early in the season, but do you think that base is, if they stay like that, is strong enough to lead this team, you know, to genuinely being an elite MLS contender? 
I mean, obviously the playoffs, if they're going to stay with nine teams is, you know, definitely something they're going to try to achieve, but becoming taking that step from a, a playoff team to an MLS cup contending team, I think is what fans are expecting. And I think that's the expectation around the LA galaxy. Do you think that so far, what we see from this roster heading into the new year, do you think it's good enough to at least make that team close to an MLS cup contender? I do. Uh, on their day, this team can beat anyone at home or on the road, which I think is pretty significant. Uh, you have teams like Columbus who have a brilliant game model with, uh, you know, uh, well, <clears throat> with with everything they're doing. But then, you know, they, they leave their home and they can't win a game. And so, uh, you know, the Galaxy are uber talented when they play their game. And you have Ricky Pooj, who is uh, the best player in his position in the league. And then you have the two DP slots. There's so much potential. But Alex, um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to be a hard ass on it. I think Vanny, uh, I think Vanny's a very successful coach and he's had success. But if you look at what's happened the past three seasons, I mean, uh, the rest defense was poor a few years ago. It's poor now. Why hasn't that changed? Why can't the Galaxy play with two forwards? Why do the Galaxy, why are they hopelessly marred to a 4 3 3? You know, um, I think we've been very respectful of Annie, and it's because he's respectful of us. He's very, he's always been very generous and kind with his time. He's always been a good dude, actually. He's always given us explanations for, for everything. He's never uh, just as opposed to Bruce who you, you ask him what color his car is. And then, you know, he'd say it's the color it was when I bought it or some stupid, you know, uh, you know, Bruce was always blocking info from coming to us. Whereas with Vanny, he's very open and, uh, and he's very good at explaining his tactics and he gets a lot of rope from us because of that. But uh, has he, I think the fact that he's got all this criticism, uh, it speaks for itself. I think that the, I think he's made mistakes. I think uh, I was just talking to Phil uh, over at the striker. You know, we were talking, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, just on the phone, just after we were doing some quotes and stuff. And I don't know why Greg Vandy didn't pull Ricky Pooch out of that game in Austin. Because, I mean, look, uh, that's an example where he, you know, he, and I just got done talking about how honest and truthful he was, and he is. But, you know, there, there are other times where I couldn't, I was incredulous when he's sitting there telling us about, how the trainers had, I don't know, the explanation that somehow, uh, Alex, dude, if you, if, you, if you injure your ankle and then you run on it for like an hour more, you're going to hurt your ankle worse than it was before, man. There's no, there's no way around that. And then you look at the fact that he gets subbed out of the match and then the Galaxy were down two goals and then they equalize and then he's out for the rest of the season. I mean, that was the killer death blow. Until that happened, you had faith that they can make the playoffs. And but for whatever reason, he didn't want to stand up to Ricky Pouge. And that's that's what I witnessed. Maybe something else happened. But what I saw was Ricky didn't want to go out and no one. He just that was it. They were mostly him to go out and then he didn't want to go out and then he didn't go out. And then, you know, he's out the rest of the season. Now, whose fault is that? You know, we, is it Ricky's? Is it Greg's? That's where you have to have strong leadership and everyone on the team has to know who the boss is. And. You know, uh, <laughs> I guess I wonder sometimes, Alex, is this team tough enough? You know, um, 
are there enough, you know, enforcers? Uh, who's the guy on this roster that if things go poorly, he's going to be throwing around things in the locker room and then, you know, no one's going to, not that I'm advocating for anyone to do that, but, you know, uh, Larry Bird of all people uh, used to talk about how, you know, you got to have some variety in your locker room. You got to have some shy guys, got to have some cool guys, some chill guys, some angry guys, some, again, some, bust shit up when things go wrong guys and is the galaxy too nice do they have enough enforcers are they a team where you know um the coach is in charge i mean like this is just me just kind of spitballing so you know don't quote me directly on all this stuff but you know i guess what i'm trying to figure out is uh does vanny have it in him to make these changes or is it just going to be him staying in his comfort zone i don't know alex what do you think yeah, I mean, for sure. Obviously, like we talked about earlier, the pressure is going to be on Greg Vanny. I mean, this can be his fourth season. He's going to, once again, have the opportunity to bring in players that he wants to bring in. I mean, we know Chicharito was the guy, you know, that he inherited. Um, Douglas Costa, a guy who was brought in during his time that eventually did kind of work out. But, I mean, that's kind of a weird transfer anyway. Um, so, yeah. yeah, Greg Vanny's going to have an opportunity to fully bring in his guys. I mean, Efrain Alvarez and Chicharito were kind of the last remains with the last regime and GBS. Now they're gone. This is a completely Greg Vanny roster. And he's got to get it right. And looking at the decisions they made, I mean, the core is the spine. It's there. Brugman, Puj, uh, Caceres, Yoshida, Aude. Uh, you know, obviously, they still need to find a right back. Bond or, or Michovic, uh, Jovalic. I mean, those guys alone are, you know, a low bar if they're to start a game, right? So you're expecting this team to come out, do some damage this year, and they have to do damage. Not only for, you know, to keep the club still in relevancy, because, I mean, let's be honest, this club has definitely fallen off a lot in the last 10 years and also for Greg Vanny for himself. I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, I teased it a uh, piece I got coming up about Greg Vanny and how important this upcoming season is, which you guys should all really check out. I think it's pretty, a really, really good perspective of how important this is for Greg Vanny. And again, as a manager, he's going to be tested this upcoming season, this transfer window, he's got to get right. As we've mentioned, everything is in place for the galaxy to be successful for 2024. There's no excuses. Now everything is in place. I mean, obviously injuries you can't control, but it feels like they've gotten, you know, the worst of it. And they're not going to, I don't think they're going to suffer another year for a long time where they have this many season ending injuries to as many key players. So pressure's on now. And look, these roster decisions are, they prove it. This team is ready to take that next step. It's just about, can the coach, can Greg Vanny, can the players elevate this club to that status? And I think that's what we're really going to be paying attention to when it comes to who, when it comes to who, the club signs this winter and how they develop as a club in year four under Vanny. So yeah, right I mean, on Alex. I mean, uh, the thing with Vanny, just to, if I'm going to conclude, he's had enough time. He's had enough time where, you know, you go, but he needs more time. No, uh, he's had enough time to integrate his game model, bring in his guys. Uh, it's, it's all or nothing this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, th- this is going to be it. I-, I think these reactions to the roster moves were pretty accurate. So yeah. I mean, thanks for listening to us. Me and Mike are really excited to get this going back again. Really good discussion here. And we'll catch you guys another time soon. Take it easy.